Hey friends, welcome to Multifamily Mondays with me, Pam, your podcast host. Let's jump straight into it. Today I have a special guest and I'm very excited to have her here today. She used to be an attorney, but now she's a multifamily broker and works in the LA region. So I wanted to jump in today and just ask her some quick questions that usually go through my mind or an, you know, an investor's mind in the beginning when they're starting off. So welcome, Karen Dillon. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Pam. I'm super excited to be here. Awesome. Well, let's jump straight into it. So what are the three common traits that you see in successful first-time newbie multifamily buyers? Okay, great question. Um, the first trait I would say is they have a list of criteria that they're going to rely on to find their property. There's a lot of factors to consider, but as a preliminary matter, they've given thought to a couple of critical ones. So first would be they know what market area they want to buy in. They're not saying, I want to buy in Southern California. They're saying, I want to buy in San Gabriel Valley or whatever it might be. Um, next, they know what size property they are comfortable purchasing, um, including how many units. And they've also given thought to their unit mix. So do they want properties um, that have all one bedroom uh, units? Maybe they want all two bedrooms. Maybe they want studios or a mix. Either way, they've given serious thought to what they prefer and the reasons behind that. Um, they've also considered what type of a property layout they like. So some people like single stories, some people like double stories, some people like cottage style properties. Some people are really interested in the opportunity to add accessory dwelling units or ADUs. So they want to make sure the lot is big enough. Um, maybe they, maybe on-site parking is really important to them. So all of these things they've thought about in terms of property layout. And then they've also given thought to what class of property they want to buy, whether it's class A, B, or C, and if they're comfortable with deferred maintenance. So if you're buying something in the class B or C range, there's probably gonna be work that needs to be done. And is that something that you're comfortable doing? So that's the first um, trait that really good uh, first time buyers have. The second trait would be that they have their capital ready to go. They have a down payment saved and they have relationships with lenders or, or they've figured out how they're gonna go about getting their pre-approval when the time comes. Right now in the multifamily market, if a property is priced right, it's going to go quick. So it's critical for these first-time buyers to have their ducks in a row when it comes to the finances so that they're not left behind in the dust or competing against people who are more prepared. And then third, they're aware of the laws and regulations that might apply to multifamily investing generally and then also to their market area. So that could include things like, is there local rent control? Does the statewide rent control in California apply whether a soft story retrofit is needed in the city, things like that. So they've done the research essentially. So in summary, the top three tra traits that I see are, they have a list of criteria in terms of what they wanna buy, their capital is ready to go, and they've done research in terms of laws and regulations in their area. Well, great, thanks for sharing that. And I'm gonna recap it too, just so that my, my brain is also understanding. So you're, you know what you want, which is basically what you need to narrow down on by location, the type. And you guys, if you want to learn more on the different asset types, we have an article on that on our letsgocreatewealth.com website. Just search through the blog pages um, to learn about, for example, the difference between a class A, class B, class C type of property. And so you mentioned that. And then also having capital, kind of basically having some liquidity ready to go and then understanding kind of the local nuances, the legal things that you can and cannot do. Is that correct? Yep, that's correct. 
Perfect. Well, now I'm going to flip the script because I love doing that one. You know, we're going to go the other way. Well, what are some common pitfalls or mistakes that you see new and even seasoned multifamily um, investors make? Let's go with your top three. Okay. So first would be rushing into a purchase because you see other people doing it or you see that a property got a lot of offers. Um, But when you see friends or family who are successful in multifamily, you might not know how much work they've put into researching their deals or how long it took them to find their first property. You might just be seeing the tip of the iceberg, which is their success, right? So the feeling of not keeping up or not, you know, not being able to keep up with the Joneses, that can really take over your emotions and turn off kind of your logical brain and push you into a purchase that might not make sense for you. And you particularly see that when that pressure forces you to skip over doing due diligence. So doing your property inspections and reviewing the financial documents is really critical, especially when you're a new buyer. Um, You know, I always think of this story. I had this client once. Um, He was a first-time multifamily buyer. He was buying four units, and he was also a contractor, so he was doing the inspection himself. And he was being, like, very detailed about it, and he just commented to me, it's not like I'm buying a bag of chips. I'm buying a property, right? And so he was like, I'm confident in my need to really dig deep and make sure um, this is right for me. And that's kind of the attitude that you need to to go with. Um, Gosh, I love that analogy of yeah. the bag of chips, even though I'm hungry right now, but no, yeah. it's a great way to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like need to take it seriously. Um, yeah. And then another common pitfall is not knowing your end goal before purchasing. And this also happens more uh, with the, the newer investors. So you want to think about if, you, if you're planning to hold your property long-term, are you planning to do a fix and flip? Do you want to leave it to your children? Are you buying it because you want immediate cash flow? If you don't know what your end goal is with the property, you're not going to be able to focus on the right purchasing criteria. And depending on what your goal is, your purchase criteria will be different. So before you enter into a property, you always want to know, what's my exit from it? And when will that be? Because that will affect how much you're willing to pay for it and all of these different things. Um, And then third, a common mistake is believing that multifamily is 100% passive. Um, In order to be successful, you really need to be involved yourself, whether that means having a good property manager, taking care of it yourself, or you could be a part of a syndication if you do want to be more passive. But if we're talking about someone who's like really new and they're going to do it themselves, you have to be aware of what's going on with your property after closing, stay involved, um, have really good tenant screening, don't fall below market on the rents, avoid having deferred maintenance, all of these things, which will definitely require your time. The more you engaged you are, the more um, stable and stronger your investment will be. I fully agree with that. Thanks for sharing your your top three common mistakes and and tips on that there. And I I think you're right. If you're going to go into it for your first time on your own, you're truly becoming an active investor. You're basically syndicating a deal most likely, or you're just putting in all your money, which I don't really recommend on your first deal. If you can learn how to work and partner with others. But um, the good news as well is that when I first syndicated my deal um, informally, I didn't know it was called a syndication at that time, I was the active investor. And then my three partners were the passive ones. They just essentially wanted to get a certain return, but they weren't actively involved. And Mm -hmm. I think the key thing for someone starting off is just to 
over communicate as much as possible because if you're working with someone else's money, you are gonna be a good steward of their money and you have to take care of them. Meaning, you know, just treat it as a real business as you should with anything in mm-hmm. life and you take care of them first before yourself. And um, I think you also touched on another great point on like uh, investors have different types of exit strategies in mind. So what may be a good deal for investor number one might be a bad deal for investor number two. And I talked at length about this guys in episode 12 in my podcast series. So you can go back and listen to it more. Um, In a nutshell, what Kieran was kind of Uh, touching on here is that we have short-term strategies, long-term strategies, cash flow strategies. And that's kind of important to know so that you don't just rush in. And then another beautiful thing that you mentioned as well is just kind of, in a nutshell, rise above the noise, kind of cut the noise as a matter of fact, because um, for example, my first deal, I think I had like 99 no's before a yes, (laughs) so to speak, a lot of proving myself because I did not have a track record and just finding the right fit, meaning the right lender, the right property, the right agent and broker to work with. And it's okay, guys, a lot of times we see on social media of like, yay, deals have closed, but we don't really get the full picture of how long and how arduous the task was of that team trying to work to close that. So keep that in mind. Don't don't feel uh, despaired or, or anything. Uh, just keep going, guys. And these are some great tips that Karen's providing so that you can continue on with your journey. I want to just say out there, we all started somewhere. So it's never too late. However, you want to position your, uh, your wealth growth, your journey. Um, so with that in mind, Karen, um, what is the one piece of advice you'd like to impart with our listeners here because you've been in the this industry for a while you've seen a lot of people come and go newbies um seasoned or just in betweenies like what is the one piece of advice that you would like to share with us um so it's kind of what i've been saying all along but it's essentially do your research do as much research as you can but at some point, you are going to have to take that leap of faith, especially if you're new, right? So you also don't want to get bogged down in it too much because you'll just be analyzing numbers forever, right? Right. So <laughs> you need to be prepared and then you need to have that like ounce of courage to be like, this is scary, but I've done the research. I know this is right for me and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it now. Um, and that's not to say you won't make mistakes or everything will go perfectly, but that's kind of what life is. And if you've kind of set yourself up to do this correctly, Uh, multifamily can really open so many doors for you and give you um, a much more um, enriching life in terms of having a work-life balance and access to things that you never even dreamed of. I agree fully. Well, thank you so much for that wonderful piece of advice. And guys, I'll let you know, even though I've been in this industry for a while and have owned quite a bit here, um, I still go through that analysis paralysis mode. And it's, it's always nice to kind of take a step back and say, well, I won't know until I really jump in. But the one thing that you can help leverage for your own success is to invest in yourself first and foremost. And that's what you are doing right now today by learning more about this industry and trying to go out there and find what you need to make happen for your journey. So with that in mind, um, Karen, if people want to reach out to you, what is the best way to contact you? 
So the best way would be phone or email. Um, you can reach me by phone at 310-295-0013. And then my email is kieran at sigcommercial.com. So that's K-I-R-A-N at sigcommercial.com. And then my website is also um, uh, sigcommercial.com. So feel free to, you know, you can reach me on any of those platforms and you can also add me on LinkedIn. Wonderful. And what we'll do, guys, is if you're uh, scribbling down the notes, don't worry. We'll put it in our, our podcast description so you can always come back to it. And if you guys have any follow-up questions or if there are other topics you guys want to hear or learn about, I'm all ears. My team is all ears. So reach out to us anytime at info at letsgocreatewealth.com or go uh, to our website at letsgocreatewealth.com to submit um, you know, a, a form or an inquiry or whatnot. We're here for you. We are rooting for you for, uh, you know, for you guys to be successful in your journey. So with that, let's go create wealth, guys. I wish you all the best. Till next time, let's talk again soon. Thanks so much, Karen. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, you too.